This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Schiffer Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Okay, so before we uh, start our Sheffield Wednesday preview, we're reacting to the midweek game live as soon as the full-time whistle has blown. Um, yeah, it was Birmingham 4, Huddersfield 1. So we're going to get a little summary. The lads on at the weekend will probably talk about this in a bit more detail. But I'm joined by uh, Joe Scott. Joe, first appearance of the season. I bet you're uh, very happy to... <laughs> <laughs> to be talking about this one very quickly. Yeah, we picked the right one, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> but no, happy to be back after after a while away. <laughs> yeah, no, um, well, we'll see if you're happy after the end of this chat. But um, yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, Birmingham 4, Huddersfield 1. Um, I looked at what BBC Sport had to say about this very briefly in their little live summary. Pure domination from Birmingham. Huddersfield were nowhere in this one, despite creating chances on goal, lacked the quality to find the back of the net. But I want to hear what Joe Scott has to say about this game. Joe, what are you thought on I think uh, that's largely fair. Um, <laughs> I'd firstly say I was sort of foolishly, after one and a half good performances from town, had got my hopes up for this one. And I was looking forward to it all day. Um, Birmingham with a few injuries. And I don't think they'd won in five or six, something like that. So I was... I was quite expectant really um and yeah i just think it just didn't go to plan from the start did it there was that shot from dembele probably nicholas should have done a hell of a lot better um and that just set the tone really i don't think we ever recovered it was pretty bad defensively um we didn't look solid like we did against Ipswich, but also going forward there just didn't really seem to be any options um yeah it was a pretty Pretty poor watch, pretty disappointing. Um, I thought after that Coventry game, where, when we had a real shocker in the first half, that we might have come out in the second half again in this one and just turned it around. But um, no, that didn't happen, unfortunately. So yeah, a bit disappointed all around. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is when you can see so early away from home, it's like it's just always a tough ask, isn't it? I mean, yeah. are you? I, obviously, I'm, we're talking right after the games happen, so it's easy to uh, emotions are running high, shall we say? But um, 
Are you a little bit concerned by this one? Because like you said, we played really well against Ipswich. Um, Coventry, you touched on there. That was a classic uh, tale of two halves. Are you... Is this, does this concern you? Obviously, it's never good to lose 4-1. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Um, I think bigger picture, pro- probably not too much. Um, I think what, we, what we've seen so far gives me more hope than, than reasons to feel down. I think it, again, probably highlights that, you know, we do need to bring in some additions in January. But um, I'm not... I'm not too worried for the, the whole season. I have a sort of feeling that this team's got enough about them to to be really disappointed with that and to and to pull themselves together and uh, and, and realise that that's just not good enough. Um, I also wonder if maybe tonight was perhaps more just like dealing with a few injuries and fatigue and figuring out his team because there were a few sort of selections, people in odd positions, um, like Ben Jackson at, at right back, and we got absolutely killed down there. Um, and Nakayama in the centre of midfield, obviously with Hoggy out, um, he looked to struggle a bit. Um, although it is unfair to pick on individuals in, in that overall poor team performance. <laughs> but no, I think season long, I'm not too worried. But um, yeah, it's uh, bringing us, bring us back down to earth a bit in it after, after the last few performances. Well, here's something that will cheer you and the listeners up. Um, if you look at the XG, we actually won. So uh, that's the real, really? real. But yeah, 2.32 for town compared to 1.78 for Birmingham. So I think um, that's what they base like, the league table on and stuff, isn't it? So I think we're actually yeah. okay. <laughs> that's got to be that helic goal right at the end, just right in front of the goals. <laughs> it's just absolutely stat buffed us. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, talk us about that helic got. I know, like I said, the lads will talk about this in more detail for the people listening. But um, yeah, he's, uh, he's he's having a bit of a knack this season for like goals, isn't he? <laughs> I know, <laughs> like Pearson last season getting up to joint top scorer or second top scorer. I can't remember which it was, but that's a bit worrying to be honest. If we have another season where the centre backs are uh, one of the top scorers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, it's not a bad thing, but we could do with some other lads chipping in. <laughs> yeah, right. And here's the little, here's the last question for you to be a bit of a, you know, I don't know, cause a little uh, of a, yeah. a bit of drama on the podcast. Um, here's a pure hypothetical that you can't answer, and it will annoy people. But um, <laughs> how would, do you think we'd be having a similar result if Neil was in charge? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> This is what um, happens when you pod straight after the game. I'm just. Uh... I know. I've got to say, I've got to say, no, probably not. No. Probably not. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying we'd have won four one, but I don't know. I feel like we might have been a bit more solid, um, and a bit more interested, perhaps. <laughs> but yeah, that is uh, that is stirring the pot, Brady. What are you like? I like to stir the pot. No. I... <laughs> I will flip this by saying I, I don't think we play as well against Dipswich if Neil's in charge. So I have that. Um, but I suppose people can make them. I do agree with that. Yeah, I do. I do agree with that. So yeah. Um, well, I think that's it. I mean, I don't know. You don't really want to talk that much about four-one defeat, do you? I just want to write it off. Yeah. So um, I think I think that's it. Yeah, I think because everybody just played so poorly, even down to Nichols, which is so rare. I think we've just got to write it off. Um, just one of them. Yeah, are you are you concerned? I know I keep asking you about concerns. Are you a little bit worried about Nichols because he's done it a couple of times this season, hasn't he? 
Um, I was I was at the start, and then he'd really turned it around, hadn't he? Because there was the that amazing save against Kov, where we ended up going to equalise as well, and then against Ipswich, um, he was really good. But yeah, um, I don't know, I don't know, because because afterwards uh, on the commentary, um, Brennan was pointing out that he looked to be in a bit of discomfort for quite a while in the first half, like he was sort of holding his stomach and, and his sides and. and gesturing to the bench so I don't know if tonight was just just a bit there was just some sort of niggle um but yeah hopefully not hopefully not because he's so key to us in there he really is I mean we see but we got we got Chris Maxwell um you know one of our many signings in the summer True. so who knows True. um well if it makes anyone feel a little bit better well uh, I spoke to Dom House and uh, for our Sheffield Wednesday preview that you hear now but You'd be pleased to hear as we're recording, it's just blown full time and West Brom have won one nil against Sheffield Wednesday. And that's obviously time to play Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday. Sheffield Wednesday haven't won a game in 10 matches. So hopefully um we can bounce back with a win here. But yeah, um Joe, thanks thanks for coming on. Anything else you want to say to the to the town listeners before uh, before we go into our Wednesday preview? Keep your chins up. <laughs> Well said, well said. Yeah, look, it's, um, you know, midweek games just, you know, yeah. didn't happen, did it? And yeah. we won the XG, like I said, so who cares? But yeah, let's... <laughs> so cheers for coming on, Joe, and let's hear from uh, my chat with Dom ahead of this preview. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Yes, it's the warm-up episode 120. Yes, it's Brady, but it's no Tom. Uh, he's come down with illness. Um, but it is the Sheffield Wednesday preview that happens, illness or no illness. But joining me this week is a man who has had a foot in both camps. It's the, the Reach's EFL editor for Yorkshire and Humber. It's Dom House. And Dom, how are you doing? I'm very good. Thanks for having me back on. Uh, this is the full preview show because before, you know, you've only just got me in every now and then just to you know, give the odd comment here and there about Neil Warnock or whoever it might be. But yeah, yeah thanks for having us on. It's all happening, isn't it? It's busy. It's very busy. Well, it's a bit like a manager, you know. We're just we're just easing you in, giving you some twenty minute cameos here or there, and working you up to a full match. So here you go. Here's your debut. Love it. I'm Delano Bergsorg, aren't I? Certainly are. Certainly are. Well, I'll be interested to see what the metaphorical standing on the ball during a podcast is, but um, I'm sure we can work that out over the next uh, forty minutes or so. But yeah, let's um, let's talk about this one because um, Saturday will mark hundred and eleven days since Darren Moore was sacked by Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but the Huddersfield town manager will return to Hillsborough, hoping to get one over his former club. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, meanwhile, they've yet to win at home this season and they already sit in the bottom three. Um, Dom, we'll get your insight on, on Sheffield Wednesday shortly, but obviously we, we've spoken to you um, for our deep dive episode about Darren Moore um, but for your thoughts on him. But how have you rated his start to, to Huddersfield so far? I think he'd be relatively happy you, you, you look at the, the draws with you know, Coventry was a point gain and they deserved it, I think, on the balance of play in the second half. And and then to concede so late, having played so well against Ipswich uh, in his first home match in charge, I, I think there's been quite a lot of positives that he take from it. And you know, Darren Moore's got a track record of the, you know, as I said, and I last you know, spoke to you, that he really enjoys working with young players and town have got three or four very promising ones, as we know. And I think we've already seen sort of Darren Moore's influence on a Jack Rodoni. You know, I feel as if 
you know, he's coming more and more into his own and he's had a good start to the season. It'd be great if you get sort of a Brahima Diara that will feel the, the Darren Moore effects of you know, getting the best out of him and you know, hopefully we'll see that. And you've got Ben Jackson, Jaheim Headley. So that, I, I think that, you know, for Darren Moore, he's got to work with this squad until January. You know, he's already pretty much said that they're not in the market for free agents. So we've got another couple of months for... You know, I think Darren Moore to assess, um, but he know and wants to be putting as many points on the board, you know, as they possibly can. Uh, you know, Town was still in and around the lower reaches of the championship, and so I think he just want to put more distance you know, between Town and then that bottom three. And yeah, you know, I think everybody of a Town persuasion—that's what everyone's been saying pretty much for, <laughs> since since the summer of. People just would love to consolidate and have a season of where there's no flirting with relegation. Uh, and yeah, no, I think that you know there are some really poor teams that are down at the bottom. Uh, that helps town massively for a start. Uh, I'm going to talk about one of them in a bit. So I think that yeah, you know, for town, I, I think that yeah, for, for Darren Moore, you know, he's still getting his feet under the table, and you know, we're already seeing that. You know, he's got the capabilities of making game-changing substitutions and here tactically mix things up. And we're going to see that, I think, more and more as his tenure goes on at town. Yeah, and obviously you touched on the squad. I mean, um, we've talked about it a lot on the, the podcast this season when Neil was in charge, um, our concerns about the squad. And it's like you touched on how they've kind of, Darren Moore himself has said they're not really looking at free agents until January. Do you think the... The team is, is you know, is the squad deep enough to to kind of get him to January? Because we we saw in the the Ipswich game at the weekend, you know, made a lot of subs, obviously with in mind for for the game in midweek and you know free free game week, and it kind of affected Town's momentum and maybe you could say allowed Ipswich to to get back into it. So do do you think um, that's a long way of saying? <laughs> do you think his squad's all right enough till January? I suppose. I think the squad is perfectly fine until you get to the forward area. And that is where the big concern is. And the reality is Town would have beaten the league leaders Ipswich if they'd taken their chances. And so if they'd had more of a cutting edge in attack. Uh, and I, I do fear for Town that that is going to come back to haunt them more in over the next few months, uh, that, that, that they don't have a proven goal score or certainly more back up to you know, Danny Ward, who's not had a good start to the season, has been injured, he's going to miss uh, you know, the Birmingham and the Wet Sheffield Wednesday matches. You know, Bergsall, we've already seen, is going to delight and frustrate us in equal measure. Um, but he's got a couple of goals, but is he going to be able to do it consistently? And then it's a lot after that to put on Josh Caroma, who you wouldn't say is a natural centre-forward, you could shove Sorba Thomas up there, but it's the same issue. And you've got then two young pups who've shown promise in Kyle Hudlin, Keen Harrett, but it's a lot to put on them. Um, you know, when you you're really at championship level, you know, it's it's quality uh, in that final third, and um, so that's why I I wouldn't be totally surprised knowing Darren Moore I could do if Town have say another a month or six week a period of where they're struggling to score goals 
don't be shocked if Darren Moore gets a try list in or he has a look at a striker. Sheffield Wednesday have actually had a look at Kyle Taylor, who's been a free agent since leaving Nottingham Forest last summer. That, you know, at Huddersfield, oh, sorry, Huddersfield, oh, oh, when he was at Sheffield Wednesday, Darren Moore took Nathaniel Mendes Lang, who was a free agent a couple of years ago, and he gave him a few weeks to get up to speed. And then he signed him as he was impressed with him and he contributed to them getting into the playoffs that season. And so Darren Moore will do that. Um, and and so yeah, that's why when he says initially we're not going to look at free agents, he might change his mind, but it will depend on results and how that forward line you know, is functioning. But, but the rest of the team, for me, goalkeeper, absolutely fine. Defence, they've got two players. In each position, like most areas, you know, even if Town were to get four or five injuries, I think they've got enough cover everywhere else for me, apart from up front, where that's the serious lack of depth. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, I mean, it's funny, it'll be interesting to see about free agents. I think I touted Chris Martin because he's still at the time of recording without a club. Um, but that was that was under Neil, so we, we will see. But um, yeah, I suppose we'll come on to talk a little bit about the Wednesday game. So before Tom was struck down with um, with illness, um, he did manage to wedge in a history corner. And here it is from Tom. Tom's History Corner. Hello, Brady and listeners. This is History Corner. Um, today we are delving into the history between Huddersfield Town and Sheffield Wednesday. So there has been 63 games in total between the teams. The first meeting came in 1926 and was a one-all draw in front of 30,000 fans at Hillsborough. The Scotsman Alex Jackson with the goal for Town Um Kind of became a bit of a costly result for Town in the end, that, because, believe it or not, Town could have won four in a row and were only five points short of this, losing out to Newcastle United the season after their triumphant third. The last meeting was a nil-nil draw in the League Cup, away at Hillsborough as well, and Town won that one on penalty shootouts. Pretty good at penalties against Chef Wednesday, it turns out, doesn't it? Um, the most goals in this fixture came in 2011, with both teams challenging for League One promotion. What a brilliant match. I think it's come up a few times in memories against Chef Wednesday, this one. But, of course, it was the Jordan Rhodes four-goals thriller um, and Town snatching that last-minute last, last minute equaliser to get a deserved point in that game. Um, and we've had a number that have played for both, including Jordan Rhodes, um, Barry Horn, Andy Booth, Izzy Brown, and many others, which I'm sure the listeners will discuss in the comments, comment section on social platforms. Cheers, Brady. Sorry, I'm not there today. Up the town. Okay, so Dom, he talked about some of the players uh, who have played for both. Obviously, you'll you'll know about that. Um, Jordan Rhodes, Barry Horn, Andy Booth, Izzy Brown. Any others? I'm putting you on the spot here. I didn't tell you about that, but uh, yeah. Um, There's a very other? obvious one in the last few years, Elias Kuchunga. Of course, yeah. yeah. Who, you know, we know was fantastic for town in the promotion season, but I have to say he was a complete flop at Hillsborough. He really struggled. I think he got one goal in the cup 
Um, but yeah, he was part of the team that that season had four different managers. So one of which was Darren Moore. So it was pretty chaotic. But we have come to expect that from Sheffield Wednesday. So yeah, I, I, that yeah, that's that one I would add into the mix. Barry Horn, by the way, one of the top five Huddersfield midfielders I've seen in my lifetime. Unbelievable. It was a free transfer. He was one heck of a signing from Jacko. Big part of the reason why Town pulled off the great escape in 98 for me was Barry Hall. And Grant Johnson, good in midfield. He got better and better as time. Just showing my age here, Brady. No, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah, uh, I, I just think that's experience and that's why you've got your full debut tonight, Dom. So, you know, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, no. Thank you no. for doffing my cap, Skipper. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. Um, yeah, I'm going to try and avoid too many cliches for the for the football. But you just can't resist it. We're a football podcast. It's what we do. Um, okay. Well, something you do know um, in quite a lot of detail. It's obviously Town's opponents on Saturday, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, you know, I know they've had a terrible start to the season. The the pessimistic fan in me will be like, well, they're probably due one um, <laughs> playing us. But what what should Town fans look out for, Dom? Because even though they've had a bad start, they have scored. Uh, goals here and there so what's what are the kind of main threats I've, I don't think they've got that many in all honesty <laughs> I, I've got to be brutally honest that right now as things stand I can't see anything other than Sheffield Wednesday being relegated this season um, and who knows at the time of recording and by the time people hear this they might have changed the manager but since Chisco Munez has gone in there and replaced Darren Moore. It has been an unmitigated disaster and they do not have many attacking players that you look at and think that will seriously hurt opposition. The standouts, you would say, would be Barry Bannon, but there's no guarantee that he'd be fit to play against Huddersfield and he's not had terrific starts this season. Josh Windass, somebody that's very familiar to town. Um, he again, he could be touch and go on his day. A you know, really good player in League One last year at Championship level. I think he's got a point to prove, and that's it. They signed twelve players in the summer, and the majority of those players that have come in have really struggled to adapt. They've come from abroad. Um, and very few of them have performed to the levels that are required in the championship to be successful. Um, and yeah, it, I think it's just going to be a long, hard season for them. I think that, um, <clears throat> potentially one player to look out for would say is Anthony Masaba, and he, he's the only one that they brought in from overseas. He's come from Monaco and they paid an, an undisclosed fee for him. He's shown flashes of ability and you know, he's a sort of an exciting wide player, really direct, can be unpredictable. I'd say that he'd be the one that I'd be focusing on for town. I would expect him to play some part against town, whether that's as, you know, from off the bench or starting. Uh, but yeah, you, when you, you're asking me, Brady, about match wins, there aren't many. They just aren't. Uh, I don't see who regularly is going to put the ball in the back of the net for Wednesday. You know, they signed Ashley Fletcher, who's been around the block at Middlesbrough, Watford, hasn't done it for years. 
It used to be on the books of Man United, but again, struggled. Michael Smith is a bottom-end championship player at best. Lee Gregory is getting on, has been really good for Sheffield Wednesday, but he's not prolific. Um, and, and you know, he's now well into his 30s. And yeah, I, I, I feel that they've got problems at both ends. Uh, and so it's a bit of a toxic combination. And then that's before you get to all the off the field turmoil that's been at Hillsborough pretty much ever since Darren Moore left. You know, Darren Moore did such a great job over two years of stabilising that football club. And the chairman, Dave Ponchanciri, took a back seat, went into the background. Darren Moore was front and centre of everything. Uh, and you know, he spoke constantly about to get togetherness, unity, you know, like and, and you know, a lot of the sort of the buzzwords or things that you're gonna hear from Darren Moore will be ex with the same rhetoric at town. It will be. But players love playing for him. Uh, that's it. And that connection that he built up with a fan base at Wednesday, which he tried to replicate a town. Yeah, they've just lost up that harmony since Wembley. It's just amazing to think it was only 120 odd days ago that they got promoted in front of 40,000 plus Wednesday fans at Wembley. It is, it's a club that is in disarray and is only going backwards. Yeah, and I mean, obviously from the selfish town perspective, that's exactly what we want to hear, you know, playing a club in, in turmoil. But um, again, do you think that Darren Moore is returning? Obviously, do you think the players will have an extra incentive to to kind of show that they can still have a result in them? That That's my only concern, really, because you look at this and you do think this is probably town. It's almost bad if town don't win this game, but, you know, it's obviously it's a Yorkshire derby as well, but th there's a little bit of extra narrative there. Do you think that'll have any effect? Possibly, but you could also turn it around and go that Darren Moore is going to be so fired up and wanting to get a result at Wednesday. And he's brought all his coaching staff from Wednesday to Huddersfield and, and they'd be desperate to do well. And you know, Darren Moore said when he was unveiled at town that he'd had lots of messages you know, from Wednesday's players and, and the coaching staff who are still there uh, at the club. Um, and, you know, he, he got on amazingly with Liam Palmers and Josh Windass and Barry Bannon. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I, I don't worry that much about his sort of the reaction of Wednesday's players. And, and I think it, you're going to see that Darren Moore will get a really good reception, actually, from the Owls fans. I'm not sure we would have said that about a month ago before Dave Pomchansiri released his second statement where he was very critical of Darren Moore and went into even more detail on his departure and effectively contract dispute. That's what it was. Darren Moore said his piece. He'd no doubt get asked about it again before he goes back to Hillsborough. I can guarantee you what Darren Moore will say right now, which is nothing. We've drawn a line under it, moved on, focusing on Huddersfield. That's exactly how Darren Moore will approach things. He's just so level-headed and measured, and he, you know, he's keen to just move on, really, from his time at Wednesday, which he said was a fantastic chapter in his career, and it was, but it is over, and he's, that's it. He's concentrating all his energy on 
trying to get town, you know, up the table. Yeah, all that stuff with Chanzeri and uh, more, it feels like a, a bit of a messy breakup where, um, you know, someone's doing better than the other and, you know, airing their dirty laundry in public. It's, um, it's crazy. I mean, in fact, it's probably a good time to cut in now for the for the fan phone. And so Tom did catch up with um, James Mappin from Wednesday Till I Die podcast um, ahead of this one. And here's a little bit of their chat and what James had to say. Hello, this is Tom Bradshaw, and you're listening to the Fan Phone-In. Hello, caller. Tell us about your team. Hi, James. Thanks for joining us on the pod. Um, tell us a bit about Wednesday's season last year and why it worked so well for you. Yeah, last season was a bit of a roller coaster, weren't it, to be fair? Um, I think come, you know, just after Christmas, most people would have thought we would be finishing as champions. You know, we were well up there, top of the league, absolutely loving life, longest unbeaten run ever in the history of the football club as well. Things were looking brilliant. Um, and then we, we lost to, to Barnsley. Then we lost to Forest Green Rovers, who were bottom of the league and uh, under their the manager then, Duncan Ferguson, had not uh, won a game. Um, and then, yeah, the wheels well and truly fell off. Obviously, Ipswich went from strength to strength. Plymouth just continued that great form that they had all season. Uh, and it was the playoffs. And uh, I'm sure all your listeners were, were fully aware of what happened in, in those League One playoffs. Uh, I went to Peterborough away in the first leg, 4-0 defeat. That were dark days, that really horrible drive home, an awful game of football. We were absolutely, you know, dead and buried. Um, and then, yeah, what happened after that was just not nothing short of miraculous, you know, to to come back from four goals down um, in the second leg and, and actually, you know, finish 4-4 on aggregate. Then, again, to come from behind in extra time, which people forget about, uh, were just brilliant enough to win on penalties. And then, of course, you have the Wembley day out as well, which... You know, uh, the game of football wasn't great. It never is in, in a final. But to win it in the 123rd minute, last minute header, was just, again, just fantastic. And and those two games, you know, the, the second leg in the playoff semi-final and the final at Wembley will be games that I'll remember for the, for the rest of my life. I'm unfortunate enough not to have seen Sheffield Wednesday in the 90s when the, the David Hurst era and, um, and Chris Waddle, etc., but you know, in, in my lifetime, to have, to have witnessed that, that was just uh, just fantastic. Yeah, so an eventful season for you last year, and obviously during the summer, Darren Moore departs, and Cisco Munoz comes in. Tell us a bit more about him and your thoughts. My thoughts on Cisco Munoz: um, he's on borrowed time. Uh, he should have gone after Swansea when we got beat three nil. Uh, we've been beat three nil again against uh, Sunderland. I don't know what he has to do in order to to get sacked. Um, I hope that the reason why he hasn't been sacked is that uh, Chancery is looking at alternative options and trying to line someone up before he does sack him. However, we'd be better off with the academy managers in charge, to be honest. He is inept. He's out of his depth. He's... Um, He's just... His tactics are all over the place. I don't know what his style of play is. Um, Yeah, Alarm bells were ringing when he, when we brought him in. Yes, he'd won promotion with Watford, but as many people have pointed out, that was a very, very good side that he took over. Uh, the results in pre-season were awful. 
Um, we gave him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, he's brought in 11 of his players and he's just proceeded to be absolutely dog shit. Um, yeah, he's, he's been awful, mate. Absolutely awful. We're heading into the 10th game of the season as I, as I record this tomorrow. Um, and we've, we've, got, we've had seven defeats, two draws, and we're still looking for that first win of the season. Um, the only win that we've had since Cisco came in was against Chesterfield in pre-season, and they're, they're a national side. Um, yeah, it's not been great. It's been absolutely awful. So not looking good for Cisco, and obviously I'm guessing this won't help as well, um, the off-field antics of Mr Chansiri. Can you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yeah, Chansiri, he, um, he's making mistake after mistake after mistake, unfortunately. Obviously, um, it, the past two seasons, we've been winning most games, so I, put, I suppose that paper's over the cracks somewhat. Um, we still didn't spend money in uh, in January, you know, last season just gone, and some people attribute that to the reason why we didn't get automatic promotion, although given you know, we did have a uh, record points tally as well. Um, he's just, like I said, making far too many mistakes, the biggest problem is he's not bringing people in in football positions that, uh, you know, for example, a CEO or or a sporting director or director of football or people like that. We haven't got any of those. He's calling all the shots and he he doesn't know football. He certainly doesn't know English football, but he, he just hasn't got a clue. He's now come out with his recent statement. Um, just to add, we've had more statements from the chairman um, this season than we have points. Currently, I think he's come out with this is his third statement, uh, and we've only got two points on the board this season. Um, th- th- this current one, it's just an attack on the fans. Obviously, there's been a, a group that's tried to organise some protests. Um, there was supposed to be a protest on Friday. He put this statement out saying that um, basically it's our it's our fault. Uh, we we can't be saying bad things. What good have we done for the club, etc. You know, saying that the tickets will be cheaper if more people buy them, which you know, quite frankly, we're awful at the moment. Why are people going to spend forty odd quid on a on a ticket, a match day ticket? May I add, because season ticket holders have already done their bit; they've already paid their money for their season ticket. He's asking people to come on the day, and the football is awful. So, um, yeah, it's it's not gone down very well, um, and I think this is just the beginning of the end. For Chancery, he's also said he's not going to put in any additional funding. Um, now there's a bit of ambiguity around what additional funding actually is. Um, does that mean he's not going to pay for pay the wages? Because the club isn't sustainable. He is having to put two million pound of his money every month, as he has said, to to keep this club afloat. Um, so yeah, there's a bit of uh, we're not quite sure what this additional funding actually means. Um, but I suppose only time will tell. After the highs of promotion, not that long ago at all, it all just seems to have come crashing down in such a short space of time, unfortunately, for Wednesday. Um, But is there anything for you to get excited about or looking forward to in the coming months, maybe? Uh, To give you the short answer, absolutely none. There is no positives. There's no green shoots. You know, you look at Middlesbrough, who when we played them uh, a couple of weeks ago, they'd also not won a game, but... You know, you looked at their XG and they were their position at well, which was twenty fourth at the time, was a false position. Position they're creating a lot of chances. We are creating absolutely nothing. We've scored four goals this season. I don't know where another goal is going to come from, let alone, you know, a point or even a win. Um, it's just awful at the moment. I suppose if I'm going to say any positives, I think 
Uh, Vasquez, the goalkeeper, has looked all right. However, he had a shocker against Sunderland, to be honest. Paul Valentin, the right-back, he played against Middlesbrough, had a great game, proceeded to have a shocker against uh, Swansea in the following game. So there is a few little, you know, uh, a few positives. I mean, Paul Valentin looking to get down that right-hand side and, you know, he'll always want to take his man on. Uh, his defending is, is questionable. Um, so it's very difficult to find any sort of positives when, again, you've only drawn two games. One of them were back to the wall job. The other one, we were leading against Middlesbrough and got pegged back. Uh, all the other games, you know, we've we've not really been in it. And it's getting even worse. You know, we've had two, three nil defeats, uh, one goal in the whole of September. It's just not good enough, really. And it's, um, yeah, it's just not great. That, unfortunately, does not sound good at all, mate. Sorry to hear that. Um, but touching on the squad, at least there's got to be, got to be someone who you can shine a positive light on. Uh, who would that be? I mean, the standout player has to be Barry Bannon, doesn't it? Um, he's everyone knows about Barry Bannon. Everyone knows he gets paid four point two million pound a week. Um, as people in League One kept telling us every single time. Um, that is a joke, by the way, obviously. Um, but no, if I, if I had to pick someone other than uh, than Barry Bannon, a player that you need to need to look out for again, it's difficult this season because not none of them have really shown any any signs. The one I would pick out is Anthony Masaba. I probably should have mentioned him in the uh, in the positives section, but he he's someone that came from from Monaco. He's twenty two years old. He's got a pace in abundance. Just likes to run at players. He's not been getting much support in uh, in recent games. Um, he did score against Middlesbrough. I did joke that he won the goal of the month competition, as as I pointed out earlier. It was the only goal in uh, in the September as well. But you know, he he's he good when he gets on the ball. Like I said, he just likes to run at people. Um, he can he can make something happen. He's uh, like I said, he's only at the target once this season. He's not been in the foot in the starting eleven. Um, up until recently, up until the last couple of games since uh, we've had an injury to Josh Windass. Um, but yeah, he's he's another one that you probably need to uh, need to look out for and fingers crossed he can, we can give him the ball and, and he can do his magic with it. So a big game for a lot of reasons on Saturday. Um, let's have a score prediction from you, mate. What do you think it's going to be? Uh, score prediction, I'm going to go with two. I want to go with my head and my heart. Um, my head is saying that we're going to get battered again. It's probably going to be a 2 or 3 nil win to, to Huddersfield. My heart is saying that you know things are going to come together, they're going to click at some point, and we are going to get that first win. Uh, if we do going to get a win, we're going to probably have to nick it right at the death and frustrate you for the full 90 minutes, and it'll have to be a one nil win. And finally, is there anything else you'd like to add ahead of the Yorkshire Derby on Saturday. The other thing I just want to say as well is there's going to be some strange dynamics in the fans, obviously, when Darren Moore returns to Hillsborough for the first time since he left, obviously, you know, at the end of last season or in the summer. Everyone wants Cisco Munoz out and a lot of the fan base, the vast majority of the fan base, still love Darren Moore. So it's going to be weird that the opposition manager is going to get more cheers and more songs sung about him than the current manager, uh, which, again, like I said, it's going to be such a, a weird dynamic. And as a as a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I'm just you know really upset and gutted that we are where we are. And I just feel if um, if Chancellor would have probably, you know, been a bit more realistic, I guess, with his expectations and um, 
and they could have worked a deal out, we wouldn't be in this situation right now. And uh, and yeah, it's just it's just really sad to see. Yeah, it's never it's never nice to see another club struggling, especially off the field. Um, obviously, we've been there back in the early two thousand. So hopefully, it doesn't get too bad. But um, yeah, all the best, mate. Thanks for coming on and speaking to us. Okay, so let's move on because it's time for Kwana's questions. A few things, things change, but also a lot of things are still the same. Appropriate this because Kwana had his own moment uh, against Sheffield Wednesday. So we thought uh, the question should be this week, what are your favourite memories of playing Sheffield Wednesday? Uh, so I'm going to read out the listener responses and then we'll hear from myself and Dom about our favourites. Um, I did say to the listeners bonus points uh, about a certain match, um, so we'll see what they came up with. But Michael says, uh, the road's four goals by an absolute mile. And I'll just jump in with that because Lee Morris also said, four all draw. Uh, I got thrown out at 1-0 and missed all the shenanigans. I was 16. I had drunk far too much uh, Newcastle Brown before the game and threw up. I remember looking up and seeing three Ian, Ian Bennett's. I was that blooded. That is quite the sight, three Ian Bennett's. Um, I had um, Andy Kay says, uh, the Saturday, the 22nd of November, 2014, 0-0, terrible game, but my lad was mascot, and that's when he fell in love with it all, I think, which is really nice. Diego Poye played for town, Connor Cody, Harry Bunn, and Naki Wells were lovely to him. They all were, to be fair, and Mark Hudson looked after him. The rest is history, so that's really nice, and not a game you'd uh, necessarily expect. Uh, and finally, Guy Bradley says, when Wednesday had been relegated from the Premier League and we played them away second game of the season, being 3-0, we won 3-2, plus I won a war clock by being the face in the crowd. Um, so there you go. I've got some interesting ones. But Dom, I think uh, before we were recording, you touched on one of the games there. Um, fairly obvious one, but I mean, it's it's just so memorable, isn't it? It was truly remarkable, the 4 all. Um <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, I think that, I mean, I've never, when you think of individual performances that I've seen, Live, uh, yeah, for, for Rhodes, the finishing, and that was at League One level at that time. That's what was like truly staggering about it, and it was it was a great advert for the division, and you know that season was sort of perfect too, as you know they both went up and got promoted. Do you know what? I also have pretty vivid memories of the the match the year after that Town won at Hillsborough three one. Uh, where I think Lee, you know, Novak and Owen Orwood scored, and I, it, they were under Simon Grayson then. But it was a really dominant away performance, and, and I thought at that time, oh yeah, you know, like Grayson, I could maybe see him you know, lasting a year or two. And it, in fact, that marriage didn't work out and didn't go on for, for too many months after that. Um, but yeah, that that was uh, you know when I, I think back on like really accomplished performances from town you know, away from home around that period. But, yeah, that definitely would have been up there. And, yeah, I was talking to you off camera before and off air about, um, yeah, the the playoff semi-final, you know, the, the second leg, you know, that sort of just speaks for itself, really. And, and, yeah, you can't get past. It was. It was all down to Quayner that turned things town's way. Uh, yeah, that after Wednesday scored and Wednesday... I still to this day don't understand why they took off Stephen Fletcher, who scored that mm. goal. That was a big turning point, and he wasn't injured, but they took him off. But then, yeah, that was for me. That's what it always be remembered as the tale of the two subs, because then, yeah, Quainar 
that he just was a real live wire as soon as he went on and had a big hand in the equaliser. And the rest is history. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we're, we're going to talk about that game. Um, but yeah, I, I remember that because obviously they drew nil-nil in the first leg. And I remember, you know, this is stuff you remember as a fan. They were kind of thinking like, oh, job done here. And um, I completely agree with you about the Stephen Fletcher thing. They scored and I was like, oh, I think this is probably it. And then when they took them off, I, I don't know what... I mean, obviously, you can look at it in hindsight now, but I did think that's a real... Like I, I think that's like a real boost for us. You know, he's yeah. he's off and like you say, Kwana comes on and, and does what he's gonna do. And I think um what I remember about that was unfortunately I wasn't there like yourself, but um I was watching at home and I was on the phone to my stepdad for who I go to all the games with for most of it. And uh, just, you know, I love that game. <laughs> like obviously it's so iconic. It's it, and it's you know, as memorable as the final was, which I did go to. Um that's the game for me. I mean, every time the highlights for that come on, and I'm sure they'll be posted on the town socials this week ahead of the game. Like, just watch it all in full, and it's just great. I mean, there's just so many things like Danny Ward, obviously saving the penalties, and then being an Olympic sprinter. <laughs> just like, no, it's just, it's just amazing. Like, we could do a whole podcast in that alone. Do, do you know what the other uh, point about that that I still look back on, and is another one of them where I can't understand it that. From a, a Wednesday perspective, then Jordan Rose didn't step up to take a penalty, mm, yeah. And 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 so Wednesday fans never really forgave him for that. Um, it, it, you know, as, as a guy that's taken lots of penalties, he decided, you know, he he didn't feel in the right headspace, uh, and that's actually what Carlos Carvalho, the manager at the time, said afterwards as well. You know, properly threw him under the bus just by saying that he didn't want to take a penalty which is amazing when you think he, he has been a regular penalty taker throughout his career. And we're seeing it at Blackpool right now. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. After the first leg at the John Smiths, I was one of those that I, I wrote off town's chances. I thought that Wednesday had sort of done enough. I, I did think that their game plan was to not concede and, they didn't create much at all that day. I mean, neither team did, really. They cancelled each other out in the first leg. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought that the Wednesday did have half a foot at Wembley, but that's it. I mean, you just got to credit Town for like, the, the character they showed to come back as well. Then, yeah, this Hillsborough was properly bouncing after the Fletcher header. Yeah, definitely. I mean... Um... It feels harsh to stick the boot in on Wednesday, given how they're having a bad season. But it's not the first time Hillsborough's been bouncing and they've been uh, made to pay for that, is it? So, oh, low bro, that was a low blow there, Brady. You bringing back the bouncing day massacre, are we? That's what yeah, I mean, in Sheffield, are we? I, I just, um, I, I look, I, I quite like Sheffield Wednesday in some respects, but I just think that that it could be any team, but that is the most. Like I, I love that video so much. Do you know what really winds me up? Actually, it's um, so they started it the year before in the playoffs of where night match at Hillsborough under the lights. So they went two 0 up, and then the fans all got the phones out and started shining the torches. And then they did it again um, when they played Sunderland when Darren was in charge, and they lost. They'd gone one all. It was one all, but then Sunderland scored the last bit. But I'm thinking, why do that? I just can't believe that you know the. It's just so unnecessary, just so needless. Especially when the game's in the balance, you do it when it's done. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
I, I, same thing. I, I've said this before, but it's like when when you give a player, like a former player, abuse all game, and that they're, they're just going to score. I just say like you give it like Pritchard last season, the classic example. It's just like you're just giving them the fuel. Like this is only going to come back to bite you. So um, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The Huddersfield have uh, yeah been guilty of that sometimes too. Um, but yeah, we could. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll stop sticking the boot into Sheffield Wednesday because uh, they never had it rough this season and. Um, yeah, we'll approach halftime here. So, obviously, you know, Magic Rock always sponsor our episodes. Um, if you want to get some beers and if you're going to Hillsborough uh, this Saturday, don't forget you can get 10% off all your online orders with our code AHTTC10. Um, yep, so get that used. We'll post it in the in the pod episode notes as well. And, um, yeah, get them ordered. And we will see you after the break to talk a little bit more about Huddersfield Town. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, so uh, we've changed halves uh, for this one. We'll talk a little bit more about Huddersfield in great detail. But we talked about him quite a lot because obviously he's played for both. Um, we talk, He's been involved in some very memorable games. Um both sides. Um, so we did a little poll on X, formerly known as Twitter, ahead of this, asking whether Huddersfield should recall Jordan Rhodes uh, in January because he has five goals in five games for Blackpool in League One. Uh, and we've, as you said, Dom, you've already touched on the strikers and the depth. Um, so yeah, ahead of the show, we wanted to know, um, as confirmed by Darren Moore in the press conference ahead of Birmingham, uh, there is a break clause in January. So would you recall Jordan Rhodes? So 25% of you said absolutely. Uh, 24.7 said no, I wouldn't. Uh, and 49.6% said it depends on the January transfers. Um, I was quite surprised by this because I thought, um, you know, I, I know Jordan has a lot of love for town fans and I was intrigued that, um, you know, it was actually depends on who we get in January rather than actually bringing him back. But um, yeah, Dom, what do you think about uh, Jordan? Do you think he should... Uh, be recalled in January. I'm really happy to see Jordan doing well at Blackpool as he is. He's a great bloke. You know, having interviewed him quite a few times over the years, you know, what you sort of see with him is what you get. I, I think for me, it feels like it is time to move on though from Jordan Rhodes. Um, maybe if he gets another half a dozen goals or so at Blackpool between now and the end of the year, and he's fully capable of doing that perhaps town could reconsider yeah and i think the clamor would get even louder wouldn't it you know if he's got double figures but people do have to remember it's in league one 
and Jordan Rose for the last few years at championship level has not pulled up any trees. And um, I, I don't think really, from what I know of Darren Moore and the way that he wants to take this Huddersfield team, that Jordan Rose will fit into that. I, I think he want them to be more dynamic and to have more pace at the top end of the pitch. So that that isn't going to be Jordan Rhodes. Um, and so now, I, you know, I fully expect, and the noises that we keep hearing out of the club is that there will be some money to spend in January. There will be a budget for Darren Moore to play with. And in all honesty, you can pretty much guess which position they're going to be targeting. That, you know, that to me then indicates that I think your town are going to go in a different direction. So it, unless they've got a lot of injuries and Jordan Rhodes keeps banging the goals in, that then really does leave town with a decision to make. But if we don't get those scenarios of injuries, Jordan Rhodes keeps scoring and town fail to get a striker in, then, you know, or, or whatever. You know, if town brings striker in, then that to, to me is the end of the matter. It's just, you know, Jordan Rhodes will stay there and then, yeah, you know, see out the end of his contract at t- and and probably leave the club next summer. You know, I, I so that's how I think things will pan out. But you, you, who knows? Who knows that? That's it. We've got a few, a couple more months, haven't we, to go until the January transfer window? But it's not a decision that, as Darren Moore said himself, it's not a decision that they have to worry about and make now. You know, he's just got to focus on the you know the resources, the players that he's got at his disposal. And you know, try and get them firing as much as he can. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it was a difficult. I've got to be honest. I wasn't um, particularly underwhelmed or overwhelmed when he rejoined. Um, I was probably whelmed, if uh, <laughs> if that's the thing. But yeah, I don't know. It's we've had quite a lot of managers, and he's not got as much time as I would have thought he had, and. I don't know. Like I agree with you. I mean, he's he's never been about pace, as he's been about finishing, and he he's one of those strikers who doesn't really offer much apart from goals. So if he's not scoring, it's kind of you know, particularly with a team like Town that creates so <clears throat> so few chances, and you know, it's it's been a difficult one. I mean, the only thing I'd, I'd kind of ask to you is, you know, we saw um, Harrett and Hudlin, and I agree with you. I think if they get a striker, we probably won't see him back. But would you entertain? Um, him as like a 20 minutes off the bench to maybe get you a go, goal? Because we have seen that, you know, I know it's a few years ago, but he, he did that quite effectively when he was on loan at Norwich from Wednesday. I, I feel as if in an ideal world, the plan would be that it'd be Danny Ward that would be performing that role, I think, in the long run. So I, I wouldn't really want to see Rose come back and, and do that again. And, and do you know what, as well, the other thing to consider, Brady, is that Jordan Rhodes wants to be playing mm. right, at this stage of his career. And so Jordan Rhodes would be weighing it up and going, I don't really want to come back to town if I'm going to play second or third fiddle. Or if I'm not, you're not going to be ahead of Hudlin and Harrett. And I don't think he would be. Like That's despite what he's doing at, at Blackpool right now. For me, I, I wouldn't. You know, that if, if you bring Jordan Rhodes back, that's the other thing that Darren Moore's got to consider is that you're potentially stunting their development and blocking their pathway to try and get some minutes, you know, off the bench and the bounce to start the odd match be- between now and Christmas too. So, 
yeah, I, I think that's really where I sit with it. Is that I, yeah, it'd be nice to see Town get a couple of forwards in, certainly one in January, and just leave Jordan Rhodes, you know, to it. And we know from it. I mean, everyone's going to look back on this spell. And really, the iconic moment was Luton, the second leg. Mm. But there haven't been many other high points from Jordan Rhodes. And, and you look at it, I, I think that there has been times where he has been given a run of maybe four or five matches and he hasn't grabbed the shirt. He just hasn't, he hasn't actually taken you know, um, you know, the, the shirt and gone, right, you can't drop me. I have to be playing every week. And so that's, that's why I feel as if for town, it just feels like the perfect time, really, to go, Jordan. You know, the club. You're you, you're iconic. You know, you look at the last twenty years. One of the certainly one of the best finishers, if not the best finisher, I've ever seen play for Little Town, particularly in his first spell. Uh, unbelievable, you know. And, and we're putting him. I put him above Marcus Stewart and and Andy Booth. When you're talking for pure finishing, you know, if you were to build your your, your ideal town centre forward from our lifetime, Boovy in the air, Stewie's left foot, and then you'd be wanting just Jordan Rhodes being the sniffer in the box, wouldn't you? Just the, the poacher, just and it could score different types of goals and be underrated in the air. But I just feel for me, as time's gone on. Rhodes' fortunes have declined. You know, you look at it from Middlesbrough to Wednesday to town, the goals, yeah, this is his best period that he's had for years. And even now I would be questioning how long will it actually last and go on for, you know, before he has another dip. So, yeah, in a very long-winded way, that's how I'm trying to answer that question. No, it's fair enough. I mean, purely selfishly, what is he on, 97, 98 goals for town? I, yeah. I just want him to get his 100. Um, that's that's the other reason I'm kind of entertaining this. But I think you're right, particularly, um, you know, if Darren Moore does want his players to have, have some mobility and, you know, be, it doesn't sound like he's Moore's type of striker anyway, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. And you you make a good point. Like, Jordan's, you know, wasn't fancy by Neil, was he, clearly? Um, and, you know, the only recent manager I can think of who gave him a little bit of a run was Mark Fotheringham, really. Um, so, yeah, it does seem like it's a bit of a sad second end, you know. But, like you say, he'll want to be playing and he's doing really well in um, in uh, league League One at the moment. I mean, uh, I saw one of the <laughs> one of our comments for this actually was saying, "Well, Martin Waghorn's got five goals in League One. Do you want to call him back too?" Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a good point. We'll, we'll get Florian Camberry back as well, yeah, because he banged them in too. Yeah, we'll, well it's a free band back together. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, exactly. Do you, oh, do you know what? As well, before I forget, the other thing I would say about Jordan Rhodes is that I, you're going to see, I think, over time that Darren Moore will look to mix up formations and the way he wants to play. And it's quite clear to me that if you're going to play Jordan Rhodes, you have to play him in a two. But mm. Darren Moore, as I said to you, I think yeah, the last time we chatted, Brady, like, his preferred formation system is 4-2-3-1. Um, and, and I do think that there will be times where he want to play that. And, and we've just seen that I don't think now, at this stage of Jordan Rhodes' career, you, you can't be playing him up from on his own, unless you're getting loads of runners and support up to him. Um, you know, if you're wanting to build a really fluid attacking team, 
in and playing one striker, I, I don't think that Jordan Rhodes is necessarily the man, is what I would say. Hmm. I mean, I don't know why I'm drawing this out because it sounds a bit. I mean, more has played three five two a bit for town, and obviously you mentioned he did that on Wednesday, and you know, I think I he's going to stick with that for the time being. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. So no, I don't see him changing it right now. But I still think that when they come up against certain opposition, he he will just throw a curveball in. It's the Darren Moore way. I, I saw it for a couple of years. It's just yeah, whether it's either in um, team selection or it's with a system tweak, they he do something funky, um, and that you least expect. You know, you feel as if oh, in a rigid three-five-two, this is what it'll be. But he'd just play a player out of position or, you know, bring somebody in from the cold who maybe hasn't had a look in or he'd just completely abandon 3-5-2 and go to something else, 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. So he likes to keep people guessing, just Darren Moore. Well, that's good to hear. Well, we'll co- we'll stop talking about Jordan Rhodes because, uh, like you say, we'll, I suppose we'll get a better idea come January. But, um, yeah, I mean, going back to this game on Saturday then, um, Dom, you mentioned they're not doing much. So how how um, can Town hurt this Sheffield Wednesday team, really? Straight away, set pieces. Got to be targeting them from set pieces. They've already conceded four from corners and free kicks. And the weird thing is that Sheffield Wednesday actually have quite a bit of height in the team with Bambo Diaby, Callum Patterson... It's not as if they're a small side, but they've just been so susceptible to set plays. Uh, and they, they've chopped and changed their, their starting lineup so much you know, in the early weeks of the season of Wednesday. Um, and they just make basic defensive mistakes. That, that's what they do. And so if Town, I think, go with a high press, and, and that's what will be fascinating, the approach of Darren Moore, what he decides to do tactically, because he knows Sheffield Wednesday inside out of the players that he had. But then they have brought in 12, as I mentioned before, um, but not many of them have been success stories. And so, um, yeah, I, I think that for town, it's a case of silence the, the Hillsborough crowd straight away. Don't concede early. Keep it tight, first 20 minutes. It is the, a bit of a cliche, but especially at Hillsborough right now. And if town get their noses in front, the fans will turn. We've started to see the last couple of matches at Hillsborough. Protests are now happening against the owner. Uh, and they've turned on the manager. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of pressure on Sheffield Wednesday. And they're in danger of getting cut adrift. You know, so they, they, they really, you know, at home, they've really struggled this season. Um, and, and that's it. You know, they've kept one clean sheet um, so far. So, yeah, I think, yeah, the, the town... It's about being well organised and going there, just being professional away performance is what town needs to do. And uh, you know, I think more than capable of going there and getting a result. As right now, you would say it is a very good time to be playing Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, obviously this will go out Wednesday morning after the midweek game. So um, yeah, I just got a feeling it might be a different manager, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think that's the only thing that could stop town, really. Um, yeah, I suppose we'll 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 come to our match predictions now before we end it. Um, how do you see this one going, Dom? I think 
it's uh, I think a draw actually. I think a score draw. Um, you know, I still look at town actually, and do you know what? I mean, a lot of the focus and attention we've spoken about it now is that you know, is the firepower have they got enough? But yeah, defensively, you could also throw in the same argument of town of where it's those lapses in concentration at the back, um, and they haven't kept many clean sheets themselves, and so I feel like it's going to continue um, at Hillsborough. And you know, Darren Moore's already looking forward to the international break and the prospects of working with the team. And really, that's going to be his first proper opportunity to implement his own ideas, as it has been a, a pretty you know, bit of a whirlwind start when you think you know, a couple of days after he's appointed, he does his press conference, he then takes Coventry. He had a little bit of a gap before Ipswich, but the three-game week. So it's been pretty hectic. And so... Is yeah, ideas and principles. The international break, I think, is going to be really important for Darren Moore, and, I, and he loves that. You're going to hear him say that time on the grass. He loves time on the grass, and that's yeah, he put those players to work. I'm sure over the international break. But yeah, I think score draw. I'm going to go for. I'm going to sit on the fence. All right, one all, two all. We, we've got a prediction this season, so I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to tie you to a specific one all. One all. I, I, I don't. Do you know what? I don't expect it to be a great spectacle. I think yeah. it actually could be. I think. Do you know what? Really, more the focus is going to be on the touchline and right. the general atmosphere. What sort of reception Darren Moore gets? And I, I feel as if the football actually the quality might not really be there. I'm just a feeling that I've got. Yeah, fair. Who's who's getting Towns goal then as well? Bonus point if you get it right. Bonus point. Well, I'll hold mm. you to that uh, later on in the season. Do you know what? I'd love it to be Ben Wiles. I feel as if, mm. you know, Wiles has been a bit up and down so far at town. I've seen some good things, but then, you know, watching him at, in, in Stoke, he looks a bit lost, really, in terms of, you know, how town want him to play. And you know, he still saw that in the Coventry match as well for me. I, I need to see a bit more from Ben Wiles. Because mm. he's a good technician in there. He's a very good player. But I, I, yeah, I, I feel like a goal would really lift his overall performance. So yeah, I'll go with Ben Wiles, twenty-five yard free kick. Oh, very specific. I'll give you an extra bonus point if that does happen. <laughs> Two for you there. I'll, I'll um, message you straight away if that happens. Yeah, no, you. Yeah, no. I'll uh, I'll look forward to the chat. I mean, I hope you're right. That'd be good for him. And um, look, I I think it's you told me how bad Wednesday are, and I feel like I'm setting myself up here for a Wednesday fan to uh, clip this if when they beat us one 0 or whatever. But um, I just think it's a bit like, um, funny enough, how Neil approached the Rotherham game. I just think we're better. We're in a better place than them at the moment, and we just need to play. You know, not the occasion, but the game, and we're a better side than them. And I'm I'm gonna go for two 0 2 0 Huddersfield. I just, I just got a feeling. I think if we get the first goal, like you say, it's not going well. Their fans are turning, and I think we could, yeah, we can really um, get a nice victory going into the national break. I, I think Chrome is going to score in this one because um, he came very close in the Ipswich game, um, and I also think Radoni because I've been. I mean, again, could spend another twenty minutes talking about this, but I think Radoni's been so good this season. I think he's really come on a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I back him to score. I mean, again, another player probably should have scored on on Saturday if the keeper wasn't playing. Uh, uh, Ipswich keeper wasn't playing as well as he did. But yeah, yeah, I'm going two 0 Just feel it. Just feel it. Oh, well, we're going to find out if you're right, aren't we? Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I feel as if the town is, it's like I said before, professional. It's being solid. And if they can, if they can do the basics right, they, they, sh they should come away with a result. I, I, the only thing that sort of holds me back from saying that town are going to win it is that I just feel as if Wednesday are due a, a performance at home as they've been so terrible. Um, and, and so that's why, yeah, I just think it might be a draw on this occasion. Well, we will see. We will see. I mean, normally, uh, that's calling full time on the podcast. Normally, we would do the mailbag, but um, just to say, we've um, we've actually not really had a load of mailbag questions um, recently. So, um, if you do want to send us in, you know, do do let us know. Uh, we'll put something out on Twitter as well. But if you don't, that's fine too. Um, just just let us know either way. But we will we will end it there. So, Dom, thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks to Tom for doing his bits before he was struck down in the in his prime with uh, with the illness. Don't worry, he, he will be back. He's not he's not really like super ill. <laughs> um, just in case you were wondering. But yeah, and also thanks to Magic Rock uh, for sponsoring this episode, and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Uh, we will be back after the national break to preview the QPR game. So uh, keep your eyes and your ears uh, in for that one. And to ta for now and up the town. To town play up. Bring the car back to Huddersfield. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget, share box, spot on. Automate delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.